All right, welcome back, YouTube you viewers. You were here all along. If you were on any of our podcast platforms, I am going to say thank you for tuning in to number two. I should have instructed you to do so, but you've been around. You know the deal. Tony, the Steelers are 9-0. We are feeling good. There's a lot of questions about can it continue. So I'm going to ask you this. Jacksonville, are the Steelers a team that are going to lapse to a team like Jacksonville? I mean, it, could it be a close game? Yeah, but I mean, I, I fully expect them to, to go down there and, and take care of business because I think they they're, they're not in they're not looking past anybody in 2020. They haven't so far. I mean, uh, uh, it could it, it could be a problem game, uh, but I, I fully expect them to win that game. Johnny Tiefel gave us five dollars in the live chat. Um, I do appreciate that. And he said, I'm drinking beer. So my comment was not on my super <laughs> chat. LMAO. Um, feel free. Um, unless you can't clean that up, <laughs> but we definitely appreciate you, Johnny. And I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Tony, I am so excited for what I'm watching because like we keep talking about, we've never had a chance to enjoy this before. And it's really cool. And I remember, Gosh, I was in seventh grade, and I remember the Steelers and the forty. The Steelers were having a good season, but they were like three and three at the time. They ended up going to the AFC Championship game. They're getting ready to play the undefeated San Francisco 49ers and the undefeated Miami Dolphins back to back. And they go and take on the 49ers, and what happens? They beat them, and that was their only loss of that year, eighteen and one. But I remember looking at the Dolphins and the and the 49ers in the paper. I can tell you where I was standing. I was in the middle school library reading the newspaper. And I, I loved the newspaper back then. And I believe it was a USA Today, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm looking at I'm looking at the standings. I'm like, wow, how cool would that be to have the Steelers be the last team undefeated? And I would always think about that with the Pirates, too, when a team would start off the season like 9-0 and and they had that win streak to start the season, how cool that would be. And you had maybe 4-0, and 5-0 a couple times, and then it would just fall through. But never got a chance to do that and never thought I'd see it, but I'm seeing it this year. And it's reminding me of a different time, 15-1, and Ben Roethlisberger's rookie season, but they lost week two, so you knew you were in a special time because you had the new quarterback and they were on that long winning streak, but it kind of felt you you still knew that they weren't going to go undefeated. This is a chance for this team to possibly break the hearts of the Miami Dolphins 17 and 0 from 1972. And that Miami Dolphins team beat the Steelers to go to the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. And, and, and the great thing about this year is it doesn't look like they're going to have any, have an opportunity to take the, their foot off the gas because you know, the, the chiefs are right behind them at eight and one. So they're not going away. So even if they go ahead and clinch the division in a few weeks, in a couple of weeks, whenever that is, uh, there's only one buy this, this year. That's how it is now. And in, in the NFL, there's only one buy with the new uh, playoff format, seven teams. So they're going to have to keep going to the end. So that, you know, you don't have to, if you're the Steelers, you don't have to worry about, Oh, you don't have to have that. You don't face that dilemma of, should we should we rest guys down the stretch? No, because that that buy is historically significant as far as making it to the Super Bowl. So 
they're they're going to whether they want to do it or not they, they they're going to keep going for it because they have to uh, just to set themselves up for a great uh, chance in the playoffs so i i'm upsetting a lot of people in the live chat just for the fact that i might jinx them by saying that they can go 19 and 0 and they can they, win ain't, they ain't never gonna lose again i'm, I'm saying <laughs> ever <laughs> Well, now you are a natural yinzer, so that's yeah. good. I, I'm not even trying my yinzer accent because I've had somebody, somebody from Pittsburgh recently just tell me where did they go to school? They um, same place Major Harris went to. Was it Brashear? Is that where Major uh, Harris went to? I I think so. Yeah, he's from definitely Pittsburgh Public School. Yeah. So she was telling me that you know no your your yinzer accent is a little too you know exaggerated so i'm I'm gonna stop doing it until i I can work on it a little bit better but here's the things i am not going to i am not going to try to jinx this team and donald says bad doesn't have the power to jinx the team i that makes me feel good i thank you i i won't um even though i'm superstitious and i have a uh i have a brand new chair tony and i was telling everybody on the preview uh i got it for father's day but it didn't arrive until maybe week four but I've right. sat in the same spot for every single single Steelers game. Wow. And I can't move from that spot to enjoy my new chair yet. Wow. So well, so you are you are the reason. Maybe so so you're you're the reason they're nine and oh, because I've been all over the place. I mean, I was doing bicep curls during the game on Sunday. So bicep curls. Half the time I'm here, half the time I'm at my uncle's house. So it's clearly not me. I'm not the one. So I can write whatever I want and say whatever I want. It's not gonna matter. So you're the one. The pressure's on you. Well, you gotta understand how superstitious I am. I once burned my pants in a bonfire because I was oh five and one. Uh, this is back in 2002. I was 05 and 1 in six consecutive games that I went to at Heinz Field. Wow. So my friends told me, you better surrender it or we're breaking your house and we're taking those pants. And they were steel camouflage pants that I bought at the stadium. They were like camouflage cargo pants, but the black, gold, and white. Wow. And so, I, th- I thought they were really cool, but they were dorky. So I have a question. So you were 05 and 1 in those pants. And, and this is this is what I was in all in 02, right? So, uh, how, like, how how long did this streak? How, like, what? How far did this streak span? This 05 and one streak? Because they had they had some pretty good years back then. Well, I will tell you exactly. No, so it it didn't last long. It was actually all in the year, the calendar year 2002. I bought those pants leaving the playoff game. Wow! Against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh wins the game. They win. I buy the pants. I come back the next week. Steelers lose the AFC Championship game in horrible fashion. Not horrible yeah. fashion. It was, it, it was horrible to me because it was seven games. Got to right. see Cheryl Crow at that game. That was awesome. But oh, wow. um, she performed at halftime. But the way they were playing, I I could not soak up the sun like she was asking me to. But <laughs> I will tell you this. So they lose to New England. So then. That next year, I go to – I don't go to the opener because the opener was in New England. I go to the – you were there, the Raiders game. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I was there. That's the game that, that uh, Lynn Swan blew me off in the concourse in the third <laughs> quarter. And I was I was so upset at him. Um, that, that year also included – and we just had the anniversary of this 
the uh, the famous Plexigo Burris 254-yard receiving game, the 34-34 tie when they could not stop Michael Vick at all on third down. There was like two third and 17s, two third and 18s, something like that. That gave – so the final straw, the final straw, Tony, was when – they gave up about 56 yards total to the Houston Texans on oh. and the Texans beat them 24 to six. That, 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 those pants were cursed then because, because, uh, that, that, that yeah, that, that game alone was, was enough to, to burn those clothes or to burn those pants. I can't remember what the other games were, but there was just a few in there that I, I just, uh, they had to take them. So they took them and right before Monday night football, Against the Buccaneers, the team, the eventual Super Super Bowl champions, they win. Yeah, because they win the game because in a bonfire, they burnt the pants, and I surrendered them up, and then things went well. The next right. week, the next week, I go to the game. The Steelers are losing to the Baltimore Ravens in the final week of the season. They need to win that game to go to the playoffs. I. Don't know what happened to my pants. I was I was visiting my parents, uh, another pair of pants. So I borrowed this really bad pair of jeans, these bad pair of dad jeans. Mm-hmm. Like they, they were like tough skins or something. And and what I borrowed these jeans to wear to the game. Um, I, I don't know whether I was out of pants. I don't know what happened, but nobody cares what happened to my pants. And I'm wearing these horrible jeans. I go to the game. They have this tremendous comeback. They win the game. They go to the playoffs. And... I didn't continue to wear those jeans, but the streak was over. There you go. All in 2002, my friend. Wow, that was that, that was a crazy year, though. So I, I can definitely see uh, jinxed pants coming into play. That was one wild ride in 2002. I went all the time that year, but every time I went, they would lose. Wow, that is amazing. <laughs> then I take, then I we burn the pants, and those they were like. $60 pants that I bought from like the, the sideline store. Yeah. Got to You got to support the team though. got to bigger than the team <laughs> well, or, or the team's bigger than those pants. So there you go. So that superstition, you know, comment that you brought up that lasted much longer. So let's go ahead and bring this back to Steelers, to the Jaguars coming up this week to nine and zero, and let's throw in the Q and a portion of the show for maybe the next five minutes. Throw in your questions up on the board, and we will answer them. So, Tony, Mike, Snowman. Oh, good. We had, I did not see that. So, thanks for bringing that up. $5 from Snowman. Are the Steelers three and a half games up on the Ratbirds since the Steelers won and the Ratbirds lost? Yes. I had been calling them two and a half games until uh, yesterday, and now I'm calling them three and a half games. So, definitely, because right now, you're winning the tiebreaker. Now, the interesting thing about it. Now, here's something to think about, though. If they go ahead and they lose to the Raven, they were they will still be they will still have that tiebreaker, though. At that point, let's just say that they beat Jacksonville. I'm not saying Jacksonville's a given game. Let's just say they beat Jacksonville, right? But the Ravens beat the Steelers. The Steelers will have only one loss. And at that point, they will only have one conference loss. Right. Where the Ravens 
will have three conference losses because they lost to the Chiefs, they lost to the Steelers. And actually, actually, I think the uh, the second for division, the second tiebreakers division record overall. But I guess the second tiebreaker. But yeah, you're right. They would still be up. Yeah, I guess you're right. But they'll still be up. And I tell you what, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to. Uh, I tell you what, it's. We'll just wait and let's just hope they continue to win and we don't have to worry about it. But I really think that uh, they should be – the tiebreaker might not matter because you you will still be two games up right? with, what, five games to go. Yeah. That'd, be, that'd still be a pretty substantial lead. Now, they've lost one of those before. Yeah, two years ago. <laughs> yes, and we understand that. But this is a different Steeler team. And the reason I say it's a different Steeler team – they are a lot more mature to be able to handle some adversity. And we've seen it all along the gunslinger. I love that name gunslinger with a picture of Ben. I love it. Yeah, $5, a former res- receiver thousand years ago, watched Heinz Ward's whole career, favorite football player of all time. Juju is threatening the title. I love that gunslinger. Thank you for the $5. That was awesome greatest comment because juju is that guy you know we were i saw somebody mention the other day it might have been ezra not the other day like earlier in the live chat mentioned that you know too bad if the steelers win juju wouldn't be around to defend his title we were talking on the preview yesterday if anybody takes a hometown discount if it's available to them i mean you know Let's not throw in the with what money comments um, (laughs) because they find it in the couches. But what I'm saying to that, Juju's that kind of guy, Tony, that he's making his own brand. And we talked about this on the uh, post-game show yesterday. I really think that he loves Pittsburgh and he's not the kind of guy that wants to have the title of highest paid receiver. You know who he reminds me of? Larry Fitzgerald. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Larry Fitzgerald could have, he could have tried the market and tested the market so many times. And he's absolutely revered in in, in Phoenix. They love him. Yeah. Because he he stayed there his whole career. Yeah. He is, and I revere him too. He's just, he's absolutely phenomenal. And Juju just reminds me of that guy as, look, he dances, he's a kid. He's going to be 24 in, what, another week? Yeah. He's just 24, and we've had him around for all those years. This is the fourth year. And you got to think about it. He is mature beyond his years. I mean, I don't care if he's dancing and celebrating and having fun and playing video games. He has made a brand. Yeah. And he's the kind of guy that would stay. Right. And and. And he is a brand, and, and if he becomes a superstar, whether he's no matter what what, he, what his contract is, he's probably going to get a lot of money in endor- endorsements. So maybe that's something that that he he fa- he factors into his uh, his uh, what kind of contract he's willing to accept here. Absolutely. So Cree says this: If we tie with Kansas City, do we win the tiebreaker? If we have a better divisional record, no. Um, it goes to common opponents at that point, doesn't it, Tony? Yeah, well, yeah. The first tiebreaker would 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 be a, a conference mark, and then after that, it would be it would be. Um, I think it's strength of schedule or strength of victory, and then and then probably common opponent. It's one of those. It's like, a, but it's definitely not 
the divisional record wouldn't factor into that. Dallas says this, Dallas Quinley, any worries about Ben creating plays? Does this undermine the, the play calling of the coaches? You know what, Tony, I'll let you take this. I mean, you know, I, I, I think it's great that they, that they trust him in certain situations. That's they, they all do that. Whether it's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, they all have certain, certain, a certain amount of creative control at, at, at various points of the game. I mean, I, I think that's what you want. You want that. You want your, your star quarterback to know the offense so well that when it gets into certain situations, he can, he, he can uh, take over a game. We don't, and we don't know how much, how, how much of it he does that. You know, we just speculate. They're not going to say it. I mean, they're not going to say, Oh yeah, Ben, Ben takes over 70% of the time. They're not going to say that, but you know, whatever, whatever they're doing, it's effective. So I don't, I have no concerns over anything. I'll start, I'll start having more concerns when they're horrible in the red zone and and their scoring uh, uh, goes down. And I will agree with that as well. Um, Donald Nolan asked this, why won't you guys give someone a Friday video show? It sucks not tuning in on Friday because you've gone in your schedule now. Um, Oh. Yeah, you know what? That was actually my decision, and I made that decision to uh, to go ahead and move off of the the Fridays because we had Michael Beck doing the Friday shows, and before that, of course, uh, Lance was doing the I said it on Fridays as well. The problem with Fridays is that's kind of a that's kind of a day off to give some of these guys. So that's what I wanted to do to give. Uh, we thought that. Uh, Michael's show would be better suited for our AM podcast. You might see, maybe in the off-season, you might see some fun Friday night shows. I haven't decided yet, but really, we have so much on the podcast platform. So doesn't cost anything. Just if you could go ahead and download it on your phone, just download it on your computer, it's basically a click. That's And then, then you t- when you're done listening, take it off. But that's uh, we've decided to go ahead in that direction, and we have so many shows that are audio only, and they're really good, and they give you an opportunity if you're in the gym or if you're driving. I, I listen to our shows when I'm driving. Um, definitely don't want to see our faces, but you know, mm-hmm. podcast is uh, it's my job as the podcast producer to go ahead and decide on those things. I'm not saying that it's out of the question because it's not. But uh, we'll see. Maybe that'll happen again. But right now, everything's working because we have so much. We have so much that's coming out. The other reason that we don't have a Friday night show is because the Friday night show that we would have had, the perfect spot for it, is Touchdown Under, and those guys are fourteen hours ahead of us. So that would be really tough too. So that's a little. That's a look into. Uh, you know, maybe breaking down the fourth wall and everything, but that's why we don't do it. Um, double HH. It's almost like triple H of the WWE, Tony, mm-hmm. but double HH. If you both had to guess which remaining opponent will we be most successful rushing against and Washington team doesn't count. Here's the thing. I want to jump in on that real quick. I'm not going to answer the question, but the thing about the Washington team, somebody mentioned a few weeks ago, they're like, what is, Who's the mo- who's the best team in the NFL? It's the team that the Steelers play right after they play the Ravens. So the Washington football team might give them more of a run for, for their money and might be tough just like Dallas was. 
because it's like remember when the steel when the penguins used to play the flyers in the uh in the playoffs they, yeah. they they would beat them sometimes right but they'd be so beat up the next time around the next series and it'd be really rough so but what's your thought who who do you think that they could have the most success rushing against oh god i i mean maybe the colts i mean i don't think the colts have a very very good defense i think you're playing them there right that's going to be in a dome no so, it's in pittsburgh and actually their their front seven's pretty tough oh no i mean I, i'm not sure then i i don't know i would say the browns because they had they had a decent success against them the last time they played them they they really controlled their line of scrimmage so maybe 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 cleveland that last game of the year when when everybody's everybody's resting maybe you know, it's really weird. I don't know if they are actually going to put, you know, they're. I don't think they're going to put an emphasis on the run as much with the success they're having. But, you know, I agree that we might have to look that way. So I'm going to answer that question. I'm going to say that they might have the best time rushing against, I definitely think uh, they can do well against uh, Jacksonville. Against the, I mean, running the ball. And I would also say that let's go ahead and say Cincinnati again on December 21st. There you go. Mr. And Mrs. Steeler. Well, Mrs. And Mr. Steelers just wanted to say, keep up the great work. I'm so grateful to be a part of the best organization in the NFL. And especially this year when so much is set to divide us, our love of the Steelers overrides it all. Gives us $20. Thank you so much, Mr. and Mrs. Steeler. Mrs. and Mr. Steeler. I keep messing that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we can't do this without you guys. And this is a magical year. And it's a good distraction for all the things going on. on. So that would be great. Um, and I mentioned... Uh, now, I, I mentioned Touchdown Under and then Mark Davison. He, he popped up. And uh, he said, I hear that Touchdown Under show is golden. <laughs> A little shameless yeah. promotion from down under. That's right. You gotta, you gotta. He, he, they're, they're brand conscience. That's what you have to do. Yeah. Dallas asked this. Tony is Claypool the next burst? Whew. I think he has a better chance of being the next. Uh, a, 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 yeah. I mean, a, a, a better version as far as character of a Martavis Bryant. I think he really has that kind of talent to to take over games. Although Bur- Burris did too, but I think Claypool's a, a, a faster version. Nine touchdowns, nine games. Yeah, I mean he's rookie of the year candidate. Absolutely, I don't, I don't think he's going to win it, but he definitely is one. Brad Jewett says, "Let's everyone talk Vincent. We're going to keep balling." Um, I guess he's talking about Vince Williams. Did you see that tackle yesterday? That guy, he's he's my favorite. The yeah, he, Pittsburgh he, rattlesnake is what they're calling him now. <laughs> I love it. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. That's I, I, well, you know me. I love Vince Williams. He's one of my one of my favorite players. I love his story. I love the fact that he he was thrown in there his rookie year, kind of like Spillane is doing this year, and 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 he had to learn on the fly. So look look where he's at now. So it's it's a a great uh, example for a lot of down the liners uh, when when once you get a shot to take advantage of it. So um, <laughs> this is a really good question. I lost it. Um, I believe was it Ezra that put this up? But who wears forty-eight better, Patrick Queen of the Ravens or Bud Dupree? I, I'm saying Alvin every single time. Oh, uh, Dallas put that. I'm sorry, Dallas put that up. I didn't even know Patrick uh, Queen's number was forty-eight. So I'm going to have to go with Bud. Bud. Bud too. 
So let's go ahead and uh, we'll take one more question here. And uh, I tell you what, Queen did. Queen is a beast, and he's going to be one of those guys we are going to hate. Um, but before we do that, I'm going to one more thing from yesterday. What's your thoughts of Joe Burrow, Tony? I I mean I like him. I think he, I think he's going to be a uh, he's going to be a, a good one. He just he just has to, you know like a lot of young quarterbacks he's going to struggle like a lot of young quarterbacks. You know he's taking a lot of hits this year. He, he's up to what thirty two sacks now. I mean that's just they have to build they have to build around him. They they certainly have the uh, the weapons as far as the receivers. They have a good set of receivers and they have good running backs. They, they just need to build up that offensive line. And I think he'll be he'll be a, a I think he has a chance to give. Uh, the Steelers more of a, a more fits than 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 Baker Mayfield and maybe even Lamar Jackson. So I gotta say this: I love watching the guy play. I I thought coming into this, I didn't know too much. I thought maybe he would be arrogant. I I kind of like his demeanor after the game because yeah, you know, Cincinnati, they were all over Pittsburgh, the Cincinnati media, saying that uh, you know they had all these late hits on you. They were playing dirty against you. He's like, no, they weren't playing dirty on me. They were helping hold me up and not kill me. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm like, he said that? That is so cool that this guy was doing it. We have a, I mean, there's a, another Cincinnati blog site out there that uh, their headline was uh, Steelers try to injure. Uh, um, on Are they, are they just making this stuff up or what? Yeah. Are they just making, I mean, I didn't get that sense at all that that was going on yesterday. So not, not at all, but I, I love it. Um, I, I tell you what, I think he's going to be something special in the future. Look out for T Higgins as well. Uh, yeah. This, uh, this is going to be a rivalry and let's see how the Steelers grow with it um, after the Ben years and see how they do that. But you're going to be seeing a lot of Joe Burrow. I think he has the potential. In fact, I'm going to say it right now. And I think he's the number two guy in the, the AFC North as far as quarterback goes. And my number one guy is Ben Roethlisberger at this point. But I am take I would take this guy over Baker and over Lamar. I, I think he has I think he has the, the, the total package. He he just needs uh he just needs you know to st- stay in there and, and and this is why I, I say when you when you have a young quarterback like that and, and you throw him in there as quick as possible because uh the quicker he's in there the, it gets in there, the, the better he's going to get, or the quicker he's going to get better as far as I'm concerned. You know what? I And I love this. Uh, Dean McRae says this. He mentions, hello, can remember Bradshaw's first year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, his first few years. Yeah. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Steelers says this, and I'm actually, uh, I think we may not have a dirty rivalry with the Bengals anymore. Yeah, the media hasn't forgotten it. And right. the media, the Cincinnati media thought they were clean living and they, they were fine with perfect and thought the Steelers were the dirty ones. It, it was a really funny thing. Um, they thought Shazier was the, the absolute enemy and, <laughs> and, and uh, guys like Heinz were, they thought Heinz was an enemy for what he did to Keith rivers back in 2008 that uh, they had the Heinz ward role as well. But Tony, um, I got to tell you this. Let's uh, let's take one last question and we'll go. Okay. Andrew Wilbar, Bad and Tony, which position on the offensive line do we need to address in the draft? The left cl- tackle class is stacked and center has pretty good depth thoughts. Um, 
So my first thought is, my first thought is this. Let's enjoy 2020 and not worry about the draft until March or April. But I am going to go ahead and answer that question, though. And I'm thinking right now you are looking for a left tackle first and foremost. Big Al is out of a contract next year. And I think that's if it's a loaded left tackle draft, you're hopefully picking at the bottom of the you're hopefully you're picking 32nd next year. Right. And if you do, then maybe you look at it then. But right now, I want to just enjoy 2020. I would take a, a stud center. I would take a, a stud left tackle. I definitely would think that they are going to look at the offensive line. The nice thing about the offensive line now in Pittsburgh, because of guys like Dotson, because of Chooks playing well, because of Zach Banner with this injury, even though he is going to be a free agent next year, because of the injury, you might see him back. And you might see him back betting on himself again with a, a one-year deal. You do have some depth at that left tackle position. Um, uh, uh, excuse me, on that offensive line. So maybe you do look at a center as well. But I don't think they're in as dire straits as you actually thought. Kevin Dotson's going to be a future of that team, though. Yeah, I think, you know, provided Banner comes back, and we don't know that yet, uh, I think you're, you have some pretty good young prospects at tackle. Obviously, Shooks is already starting, and I think he can move over to left tackle, uh, you know, maybe next year. And, and you mentioned Dots, Dotson. I think their, their line is, uh, is, is they're building it on, 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 you know, on the move, so to speak. I would go, you know, if you're picking near the end of the first round, like you said, you're probably not going to get a, a lot of the stud, the stud tackles are probably going to be gone by then. I, I think that's a, a prime place to, to find the uh, – a pouncy replacement, maybe not for next year, but for get him in, get him in there and 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 as they say about the quarterback, groom him for the future. Because I think that's where you can find a center at the end of the first round. You really can. So, uh, <laughs> but let's worry about that next year. Let's just right. celebrate nine and zero. Hopefully, ten and zero. What we will be talking about on the hangover next week. But I tell you what, one hundred eighty-one in the live chat right now. We can't do this without you. But if you are on our podcast platform and you're listening to this on audio, we can't do it without you either. Thank you so all right. much for all that you do. Even though that uh, we can't hear what you're saying and we can't read what you're saying, we really appreciate you, all of you. We're a BTSC family, and that's why we do it, and we have a lot of fun. So thanks so much, Tony. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, and I'm going to speak for you and for Tony Defio. This has been the Steelers Hangover. We will see you next week. But first. Just when you think you've got all the answers. We keep changing the questions.